Hi, my name is Hunter Marston. I'm a PhD scholar at the Australian National University and an associate with Nine Dash Line. I'm joined today by Susanna Patton. Uh, Susanna, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm a research fellow and project director at the Lowy Institute in Sydney. And I reached out to Susanna today uh, because I wanted to um, call some attention to a great piece she wrote in Lowy's Interpreter um, about Australia's Southeast Asia engagement. Um, Susanna, can you just maybe recap uh, the high-level message you were um, sending there? Yeah, thanks, Hunter. So I was really arguing that um, regardless of who wins Australia's election, which is going to be held next month, um, stepped-up engagement with Southeast Asia should be a priority. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't been over recent years, and that's because there's a picture emerging of what I refer to as strategic divergence. So Australia and its focus on China and supporting a US-led balancing coalition in the Indo-Pacific has potentially become much more important than engagement with regional countries in Southeast Asia, um, including Indonesia, but also a number of other countries in Southeast Asia. And, and that's reflected in an absence of high-level contact between Australia and these countries over recent years. Mm. I was struck by one line in your in your essay in particular about focusing in a laser sharp way on promoting regional countries' capabilities and strengths, um, whether in economic development or defense capacity, independent of their positions on China. Um, and in particular, that uh, made me think of some parallels to U.S. policy uh, currently. Um, I think Washington suffers from a bit of strategic divergence of its own, right, in the Indo-Pacific strategy. Currently, the majority of the focus, I would argue, is on China and how these Southeast Asian partners fit into um, the U.S.-China policy rather than the other way around and on their own grounds as uh, natural partners for Washington and the region. Yeah, I think that's that that's fair to say. And, um, you know, it's understandable. I think there's a, you know, a, an argument that's been made in the past that, you know, Southeast Asia has has generally been sort of a function in US policy of sort of the broader global priorities. And that's certainly um, the case at the moment. But ultimately, taking a longer term view about the importance of the region, and investing in these countries' capabilities is something that's going to remain very important um, for both the US and for Australia. Absolutely. So next week we have uh, the US ASEAN Special Summit taking place, which has been highly anticipated. Uh, and this is a chance for the Biden administration to um, corral its messaging to Southeast Asian partners. Um, personally, I'm most curious to see what comes of this Indo-Pacific economic framework and if there's any meat on the bones there to sort of back up the security and diplomatic posture with some economic um, carrots, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, something that greatly interests Southeast Asia uh, so that they have a Washington that's engaged in the region, not just as sort of a balancing force against China, but as a proactive player that can offer them something constructive as well. Yeah, for sure. I think all eyes will be on that. I think the other things that I'll be watching for are how substantive is the engagement that the president has with the individual countries on a bilateral basis? Because 
Apart from um, Singaporean Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong's recent visit to Singapore, there's been very little um, high-level contact in Washington by Southeast Asian leaders for quite some time. So is the president able to sacrifice time in his schedule to really engage with the leaders in a meaningful way? And what will come out of it that is actually durable? So we know the US is interested in establishing some new ministerial dialogues and other processes with ASEAN, um, but do they get agreement to that at this summit? And is there progress towards the US um, becoming another comprehensive strategic partner of ASEAN as Australia and China both became late last year? That's right. And on the bilaterals, that's interesting you note that um, because we, we would observe that um, Rodrigo Duterte, the outgoing president of the Philippines, is not going to attend due to the upcoming, uh, in, a, in a few days, the Philippine election that's taking place, uh, keeping him from traveling to Washington. And now Prayut Chanocha, prime minister in Bangkok, the prime minister of Thailand, uh, is undecided as to whether he's coming. These are two U.S. allies, uh, notably, mm. who are likely to be absent from the summit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised about Duterte not attending because I don't think he's ever really travelled to Western countries mm -hmm. as um, certainly not during his his term in office, but it would be a real blow if Thailand were also not present at the summit. Um, I think um, it will also be interesting to see whether the US is able to extract some more favourable language from Southeast Asian countries when it comes to Ukraine. And we've seen that Japan's Prime Minister Kishida has had some success travelling in the region recently in that regard. Yes, and uh, notably Singapore has been a strong uh, supporter of US policy or the global coalition against Russia. Mm, mm, that's right. Well, uh, thanks for chatting today, Susanna. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Great to speak to you, Hunter.